Welcome to the Consortium Podcast, an academic audio blog of Kepler Education. Kepler is a consortium of independent classical Christian teachers unified by a shared vision for student flourishing. Hello, I'm Scott Postma, your host, and I'm joined by Joffrey Swade, your co-host and academic advisor of Kepler. How's it going, Joffrey? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to number 17, I think it is. Yeah. Last week I said, what are we up to, number eight or nine? He's like, <laughs> no, 16. We are making some progress here and uh, talked about, you know, quite a few, you know, big arcs. And today we're going to shift gears slightly. Um, we're kind of at the end of the school year uh, for a lot of folks. And so grades are coming out. Yeah. People are looking for teachers, you know, for next year, thinking about the next year education. And so, you know, there's probably a more concise way of wording this title, but we're going to talk about some of the qualities. Um, and I'm going to suggest three, uh, but some of the qualities that are often overlooked of a good educator, but that are essential uh, in finding a good teacher. So things that parents should look for, things that teachers should strive, you know, to become. And some of this is going to, you know, kind of unfold or unpack itself into turn, you know, determining what do I do when Johnny's report card comes out? <laughs> you yeah. know, who do I blame that on? <laughs> so instead of engaging directly with what you just said, I'm just going to ask, is all of that the title? Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I think uh, maybe we should say the three often overlooked but essential qualities of a good teacher. Okay. All right. Or the essential <laughs> qualities of a good teacher. And and really what we're, we're looking at some of the essential qualities of a good teacher. And there's a lot of things we should talk about. Um, but there are a few here that I think there's some misconceptions that mm. sort of um, miss guide um, our assumptions, maybe, um, even for good, you know, classically minded homeschooling families, sometimes there's some some avenues we need to explore. Well, yeah, and it's very interesting that you say classically minded homeschooling families who, of course, you know, that's our target audience and that's right. who we make this podcast for. Uh, but really, we'll be talking to teachers a lot in this episode as well. Yeah. Right? We, uh, we have a vision for education in which Christians are taking dominion Right. of education uh and uh you know we're, we're we don't want to we, we want to see to what degree we've been institutionalized right. what what our what our implicit assumptions are just you know the, what's been in the water as we've been growing up and i think that all of us as homeschoolers have had the experience you know that that epiphany type experience when you suddenly realize I don't think this for any good reason. Right. I think this, yeah, but, but where did that come from and yeah. why do I make that assumption? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, there's a lot of that that we'll, we'll unpack today for sure. And, um, Interestingly, we're, we're going to riff a little bit off of uh, Marion Montgomery's work, The Truth of Things, The Liberal Arts and Recovery of Reality. And when I say we're riffing off, there's a few good quotes we'll incorporate into uh, into our podcast today that I think will be helpful and, and yeah. quite interesting and enlightening as well. So, well, let's get started. Maybe um, I, let me just list three that I think three qualities, essential qualities that are essential. And then maybe we'll take some time to unpack these and some of their implications and, and what that might mean for both parents and teachers and students alike. Great. Okay. So the three um, essential qualities of a good teacher starts with number one, a teacher needs to know the end or the goal of education. And I think we've covered this a little bit, um, but I think there's a couple of things for us to unpack here. And this is part where Montgomery is going to get into 
you know, some of the double-mindedness, you know, right. when the God of education is worshipped uh, in an institutional sense, you know, everybody has a different goal for what education should be. Yes. Right? And, you know, I think that will be, you know, this is, this is an area where we'll, we'll get to, it'll be illuminating for our audience that we'll be talking to a slightly different audience because, yeah. you know, you said we've been, we've been talking a lot of, about what education is for, of course, but we've been talking from the perspective of families. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so now let's talk about it from the perspective of teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it went, yeah. If, if teachers don't know what the goal of education is, you know, we're already on the wrong foot. Right. And what we, and what is, it will impact this shortly. Cause of course we're still where we're outlining the show. Uh, but you know, how, how are Christian teachers and Christian parents engaging with each other? Yeah. You know, what sort of feedback and what kind of loop is there and what kind of back and forth? Yeah. And that's, that's an extremely essential um, process that has to be unpacked. Uh, the second is then knowing the levels of knowledge. So a good teacher knows the levels of knowledge, and, and I probably need to unpack that just a little bit briefly. Um, by levels of knowledge, teachers have to understand, even if there's not a stated rubric. We use all these stated rubrics today because we have to be just, right? Yeah. You know, but a lot of grading is subjective, um, and yes. and evaluation of students is subjective based on the teacher and what the teacher knows. And so a good teacher needs to know um, the various levels of knowledge of his or her subject and of the student as well. Yeah. Well, and it's, I think it's so interesting how we've been talking about uh, parents taking dominion right. uh, and uh, taking responsibility. You know, and if someone is putting themselves out there as a teacher, they need to take, uh, take dominion as well. And this is one of those areas where, because, you know, I completely agree with you. Grading is subjective and, you know, there are f several factors that right. make it subjective. Uh, we're not, we're not talking about grading on a curve. We're right, talking about right. subjectivity. Uh, but uh, that's one of those things that, that some parents and students can react very strongly against, yes, right? Yeah. They want everything to be uh, measurable to the same standards. So Johnny and Susie are taking the same class. They're going to answer the same questions in the same way. And if there's any variation from that, uh, that's, that's going to disturb me deeply. Right. You know? And, and it's funny how much, um, a lot of times we're conditioned to want this sort of objectivity or what we think of the objectivity until it is that that objectivity reveals that Johnny may not be cutting the standard. Right. right? And then all of a sudden we, we are like, Oh, wait a minute. Oh, uh, I'm so glad you're a compassionate teacher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> compassionate teacher. Uh, so, okay. So know the end of education, know the levels of knowledge, both the students and subject. And then finally, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about teachers need to be courageous and patient. You know, we can talk about compassion. There's a lot of things, but I'm saying courageous on purpose um, because in a world where all of the democratic impulses have different expectations, yeah. a teacher needs to know what their job is yes. and to do that effectively. And part of a parent's job in finding the right teacher is knowing that they found a teacher who knows what their job is. Yeah. And, you know, and I would want to use uh, an even bigger term than job. And I know we're going to unpack this uh, in, in more depth later, but a teacher should have a vision, right? You know, a, a vision for what their work is going to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my job is not to teach your kids Spanish. I mean, I know you signed up for a Spanish class, yeah. right? But I, I need to have a vision for how I want to make your child and the world better by teaching them Spanish, yeah. right? And, and any teacher of any subject should have that. Not simply, it is, you know, if, if we say, you know, what is my job? Then the temptation is to become 
immediately very utilitarian. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have, I have this data packet to transfer, (laughs) you know, I'm going (laughs) to download it and hopefully it it downloads. Yeah. (laughs) Well, particularly effective at downloading it into your brain. Well, (laughs) and that's what makes me a good teacher. No. Yeah. That's, that's a, well, I think what you're talking about a lot actually gets back to the very beginning here, Mm. um, which is the, the first point of knowing the end of education, right? So a good teacher needs to know the end of education. Um, and when we say a good teacher needs to know that, that also implies that a parent hiring the teacher needs to know that as well. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, we've talked before about this idea that, you know, as um, I'm going to just use you as a poet, um, uh, Aristotle uses the idea of an artist, but the same principle mm-hmm. applies both ways. I'm not a poet, although I wish I could be, you know, uh, along the lines of, you know, wishing that I could write something that we worthy of people that want, you know, and then reading it thinking like, I can't believe I'm so embarrassed of that. Um, but the idea of, of me making a judgment on a poem, I might look at a poem and go, Oh, I love that poem. And it may or may not be good, but I don't have the qualifications, um, you know, as a, you know, when we use this word professional, but someone who is well-trained and well, um, knowledgeable in that discipline they're going to be able to make determinations that I don't have the capacity to do that. Yes. Okay. Because there is an objectivity in the quality and the beauty of something. Mm. And so when a parent hires a teacher, they're going to assume that that teacher knows those things, but that means the parent has to at least have some knowledge um, to determine whether the teacher they're hiring has the appropriate knowledge. Yeah. And I I think that can be very intimidating for for parents. Yeah. Particularly because, well, so many, so many of us have been poorly educated. I'll, I'll tell you, I consider myself well-educated. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll just lay that out there. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you why I, cons- I consider that to be the case. Um, it's because of my mother. Mm. No school. I mean, I went to a bunch of schools. I, I homeschooled through high school. It, it wasn't really that. Uh, it was the, the book culture that both of my parents really uh, instituted. So when I was 12 years old, I read The Economist in the bathroom. Mm. You know, it's just the stuff, what was lying around, right? Which meant that uh, from a very early age, I was conversant about many things. Yes. Right? Yep. And, and my parents gave that to me. That's actually what the foundation of my education is, mm. right? Uh, and the reason I'm mentioning that particularly, because, you know, that there's, a def- you know there's, a, there's a generalist sort of idea there, is that you know, parents want to be able to recognize a good letters teacher, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can recognize this person will treat, will, will teach poetry well. Yes. Right. Uh, and I can recognize that because I've immersed myself in those waters a little bit. Yes. I, I, I'm not capable of teaching at that same level, but I can see enough to, to recognize that. And then I can also recognize that this will be a good philosophy teacher and this will be a good history teacher. Because I have a foundation of history and philosophy that is enough to at least give me that that sense of taste, yeah, if you will. Sure, right? like I can recognize that this is well cooked. I couldn't cook this myself, and I know a couple of the techniques that were used. Right, but but I I have a developed palate because I actually I mean I think about food and I'm aware of of how things are done generally, and so then this this person who's far superior to me 
makes a good meal, but I can recognize yes. the fact that it's good. That's, right? a really, that's a really good illustration. You know, so the, the parent doesn't necessarily have to acquire to the same level as the teacher in right. that knowledge, but they do have to recognize that it wasn't a, you know, a, a burrito pulled out of the freezer. Yes, you know? right. I mean, they heat it up in the microwave. But, but even having said that, I, I, I think that that's still, we still end up in an intimidating place. Sure. Right. Because the fact is that, that many parents um, didn't receive even a modicum of, right. of that education. Right. And we're, we're busy and we have, you know, soccer and routines and chores that are, that are taking up a lot of our time. And so, you know, obviously we want to encourage parents to be developing their own, their own right. sense of education. Uh, but then there, you know, it, it is something that, it, that is challenging for parents. And so there has to be also a degree of, as you are improving yourself, also trusting, sure. right. Yeah. And, and, but not just trusting, like, so I, I'm going to just say, okay, well, this teacher can go ahead and just take over this right. aspect, but be trusting others, you know, choices about who your teachers are should be done in a, in a communal sense. It seems to me you're saying something um, that it, it reminds me very much of what Paul said of the Bereans or, or what Luke actually writing about Paul and the Bereans, right? That they listened to him, they trusted him, they believed what he said, but then they went home to, to check and see right. if it was true or not, right? So there's there's an awareness of we're going to listen, uh, we're trusting, we're believing. And so there's there are people in, you know, in you know, shameless plug here. Uh, there's Joffrey here who is our academic advisor. You know, right. so here's somebody that you can rely on who is educated that can come in and be a, a help to families. But at the same time, the family should be looking at, you know, improving themselves constantly and checking out the things that are being said while trusting yes. that there's somebody there. And those very conversations are part of what, what improves you. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It, re it really does. And I think so, so there might be in some people's mind a tension like, okay, so are you saying be institutional or not be institutional? Because couldn't that be perceived mm -hmm. as a form of being institutionalized? Um, but I don't think so because you're not relying – you're not relying ultimately on the institution to tell you what to think. Right. right. But you are looking to people that you trust within whatever loosely organized institution this is. Uh, you're trusting them. Um, you know, because you've learned to trust them in other areas while you're checking it out at the same time. Right. And, you know, and you're trusting them in the sense, not that you're, you're signing it over. Right. Right. It is an engaged back and forth sort of thing with the expectation that you want to be able to take on more and more of uh, that knowledge of education at yeah. least. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're not doing what uh, the Herbert poem we read last week says, you know, you send them across the sea and the thing is done. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's never done that way. Okay. So knowing the end of education then um, requires the parents to know what education is. And I'm going to suggest, we've talked about this before, but just to lay it out clearly that education is more, as you said, than about just transferring facts and data from one mind to another Although it is partially that, um, that's not a complete education because you can go Google anything you want. Yeah. But it is like we've talked about before, the conversations, you know, that are that are had so that you get the tone and 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 you know, know the color of the thing and the texture of the thing. Um, so part of that education though, the the goalposts have to be virtue and wisdom. Mm -hmm. Right. And that includes having the kind of knowledge that you can exercise to make wise decisions and to be a virtuous person. So it does include knowledge, but it's also understanding and the application, which is wisdom. Yeah. Well, I think that it's important for teachers from a teacher perspective. And, you know, when I say this, this may jar people a little bit. So I'll just ask them to wait for me to finish explaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but teachers need to understand that education is raising children. Yes. Yeah. Right. 
And so, you know, parents need to have the confidence to understand that they're raising their children and anything, any raising that happens is under them. Right. That includes grandma. Yeah. Right. Everybody. Right. And sometimes we don't like when grandma does some raising (laughs) of the kids, but right. Like there, that, that we have to, we have to confess that raising happens in a, in a communal and community sense. At least it should. It's sure. ba- it's bad for us to go off by ourselves and you know, yep. you know, just you know, just our family and nobody else. Um, instead, it should be happening uh, in a way where the parents are not only responsible for, but you know, they're they're over all of the raising that's happening. But there are different contexts. There's going to be grandma. There's going to be basketball coaches. And then there's going to be a bunch of teachers for most families. Um, and so then. If we understand that, then we can understand that there's a limit to it. Right. right. Obviously, obviously, we're not saying your math teacher is raising your boy. Right. But the math teacher does need to understand that he is a part of the raising of the boy. He, he's assisting that. That's exactly right. In in my teaching philosophy, and it's one that we used um, in in every school that we you know started in brick and mortar schools, is that the teacher is an extension of the home or an assistant to the parents in raising their children in the yeah. home, and that's what the teacher needs to see their role as. And that may feel a little like, wow, that that's really big, you know, mm-hmm. and that's. Um, and yeah, you know what? It is big. <laughs> uh, so, but you know, it, it, it's, it's best when both the parents and the teachers have that expectation and there's a constant back and forth. Yeah. And, and that, that way, you know, you're on the same page. Well, one of the, the interesting things that Montgomery points out is how the goalpost in the American, uh, the goalpost in American education has been the American dream until mm. it's not. Yeah, <laughs> and and what he points to, and this is is pretty funny, is about the Sputnik, right? So you know, the, the whole time it's like you know, you know, the goal of Johnny, the goal for Johnny's education is he gets to have a four bedroom house in the suburbs and has a college education, and he fits this American ideal, right? And, and and the way um, Montgomery uh, illustrates that is talking about well, everyone's learning like business English classes and right. business math classes, yeah, and then suddenly. Sputnik. Sputnik happens. Wait, what have we been doing this whole time? (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden the goalposts have been shifted, but not, you know, interestingly, not in the way that they should be, right? Right. It's reactionary. You know, this is what the goalpost, this is what the goalposts have been for education. But now all of a sudden we realize in this this competition between the space race, we lost. What have we been doing in education? It should have been this the whole time. Yeah. Our teachers should have been harder. Which, you know, really... What, what that says is that for, for educators, you know, a capital E educators yeah. with the God education, um, that education is about fitting into society. Yes. Right. So, uh, our society's ideal is a uh, successful, successful businessman, American dream. This is what we're going to teach. Uh Oh, our, our new societal ideal <laughs> is being able to land on Mars, you know? Yep. So yeah, then that now to fit that we're going to be moving things around. And we should have implemented all this 10 years ago. Right. So we're going to just, you know, take this 90 degree corner and give everybody whiplash, you know? So if you know what the true end of education is, then as an educator and as a parent hiring an educator, then you're going to know when these goalposts are shifting and the democratic impulses are changing around you, you have a, a set goal. Yeah. And the, the, so the true goal of education is intrinsic, not extrinsic. Yes. Right. And, so if we, if we are raising Christians and they're going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth in Jesus name, it's going to have an exterior effect, mm-hmm. but that's, education is not for that. Yes. Right. So educate the education is intrinsic. The soul is made great 
the education is complete, the soul goes out into the world and changes it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And so having that, having that goalpost set in stone, yes. right? It, you, all of the, the shifting around in the world, you know, you can, you can know you're headed in the right direction when it yes. is that. Yeah. And you know, the, 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 the goalpost being set in stone is absolutely fantastic. And we should, but we should understand that that goalpost being set in stone doesn't mean that everyone finishes calculus at a certain time. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. What it means is that, uh, we are, we're talking about things like virtue. Yes, that's virtue. So yeah, that's a really good place to, to clarify there. So yeah, we're not saying that every student needs to have this certain level or, or complete this particular subject or, um, where they're at. They, they have to recognize what their competencies are. And we're going to talk right. about that here in a second, but <clears throat> excuse me, the, the goal of education doesn't change in that it's wisdom and virtue, right? Yeah. For the kingdom of God. So, okay. Fantastic. So the second, um, kind of gets into where we're headed here or where we sort of were organically headed. And that's talking about knowing the levels of knowledge, right? So again, this is what uh, teachers should know. So teachers should be aware of levels of knowledge. And yeah. what does that mean? Well, so first off, let's just talk about the subject matter. A teacher needs to know their subject matter, right? That seems pretty you know, straightforward. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to be teaching math, you better know math and know, yeah. it, know it well. But you should also, as a math teacher or a humanities teacher or whatever it is, a language teacher, you should be able to recognize um, where a student is. And I think the way that Montgomery puts it is that um, that everyone is on a journey. You know, so whatever discipline you're, you can take the whole picture of the journey of education, or you can take the little parts, which you know are the different different disciplines, and everyone's on um, a, a, this journey, and so you need to be able to recognize where they are on that journey. You know, yes. how far along are they in their math comprehension and their ability to apply that math? You know, and so a teacher needs to be able to recognize that. And this is where we get kind of weird with sometimes making these rubrics, you know, fit, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, there is an objectivity to knowing where it's at, but then we want everybody, you know, to succeed because if we make this rubric hard and fast and Johnny doesn't make it, then all of a sudden now we have to kind of grade to the curve or we change things to make it um, so that Johnny doesn't seem like he's not, you know, fitting in. But one of the illustrations he gives here is that doesn't happen on the field, football field, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if Billy can kick the ball, you know, 50 yards or whatever, and Johnny can only kick at 25, you know, nobody says, oh, well, that's good enough. You know, you're going to make the playoff or the special, you know, special teams. Right. That's not going to happen. Right. So, so, okay. So the, so you got to know the subject and then you have to know the student. And I want to qualify this. By knowing the student, we're not talking about knowing the student's environment, okay? So we get into this environmental determinism that, you know, because Johnny was raised in this kind of community or this sort of background, then all we need to do is adjust his environment to make him a whole person. Okay? Yes. No, what we need to recognize is maybe Johnny just isn't suited right. to be able to do calculus. That's not what Johnny's for. That's not what gifts Johnny's been gifted with. And so maybe Johnny has gifts in other areas and we need to discover where those are at. But let's not make it so that, you know, everybody has to finish this, you know, in order to be successful. Or that people's worth is interpreted in that way. Yeah. And that's the second part is that, you know, it's, it's not, that's an existentialist sort of view, right? The idea that your worth is, is, is really measured by what you're able to accomplish because um, we're just thrown into being. So we have to make something of our lives. Um, and so if you fail, 
then, you know, your worth and value as a human being has failed. But just because you can't do calculus doesn't mean you're not valuable. It doesn't mean that you're not loved. It doesn't mean that you're not fully human. It just means that that's not an area where you're going to be gifted. Right. Which is, you know, why one of the many reasons we rail against this institutional education where everyone is, you know, it's, it's like a factory, right. And everyone is, is, is cookie cutter. And the fact is though, that we're, we're not all going to be able to fit into these things and, you know, often we'll be, be denying our own gifts and our own callings, right. Right. Because, because of how we're educated or we'll be told that this is, you know, the, the thing that you're good at is unimportant. You can do it in your free time. Yeah. That, well, that's exactly where this, that ends up going. We used poetry earlier, you know, mm-hmm. nobody would ever think to say, well, you've got to be able to accomplish, you know, this much poetry or be this accomplished in poetry to be able to graduate. Yeah. Right? We recognize that, or you have to be accomplished in sports or in mechanics or whatever other extracurricular things that we always, you know, attach to school. But the same is true of math. You know, so we're saying if Johnny can't do calculus, that's okay. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, you know, it's, th- this is why education m- cannot just be about the, the transmission of, of information, right? It has to be about virtue. It has to be about excellence. Right. All right. And so if you are as excellent as you can be at everything, uh, then you'll realize, I know for a fact that, you know, what the teacher said is true. I am not going to go be an astrophysicist, (laughs) (laughs) but I am going to be able to go do these things because I was as excellent as possible in all of them. Right. And, and now I've learned something about myself. And that's, that's the kind of learning about yourself that we, that's the, where the adjustment needs to happen, not in changing the curricula or changing the, um, you know, the standards, you know, to fit whatever cultural appropriation needs to be made. Right. It's recognizing I can't, you know, I can't do quantum physics. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, that at this point, some parents might be getting a little bit itchy because like, I know, for example, every time I watch a TV show, uh, in which, uh, a, a parent gets called in to a public school to like talk to the teacher about their kid. <laughs> it makes me angry every time. I've yeah. never had to experience that. Uh, and I, it, it, I find it outrageous. Like, you know, like <laughs> often in the TV shows, the parents are all like, or in a huff or whatever, because they're also outraged. They have all of my sympathy, even if they're like bad guys. <laughs> but like, like how could this teacher be saying like, is stepping so far out of their lane. Right. Right. And then, and, and everyone buys into it. The school believes the teacher believes the parents believe that they could, they just have the right to, to pass judgment on, on my kid like this. And the reason if I think if we stop and examine it, it is so outrageous is that they represent, first of all, the state, mm-hmm. uh, but then there, there's no conversation. Right. Right. They've just they've taken that authority. We've signed over that authority. They are basically the parents. And we find that public educators think that. Yes. Right. They think they know what your kid should eat. Right. 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 They know better than you. Right. Because they went to school for this. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're it, just you're just the parent. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Leave yeah. it to the professionals. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and it, it is outrageous. And we should be outraged by that. Well, let's, putting, well hold on. Oh, yeah. Now, go putting ahead. all that aside. Yeah. Um, let's be Christians about this, right? And you know, the education needs to be a conversation between the parents, the child himself, yes, and the teachers, 
Right. And so if there are ambitions, like Johnny wants to be an astrophysicist and, uh, and the parents want that too, then the teacher needs to have the moxie mm-hmm. to say, listen, I've been working with, with Johnny long enough to tell you that it's not going to work, which is why uh, teachers, not, they not, not only have to be aware of the levels of knowledge and need to be masters themselves of, of their subject, but they need to, re- to be fully cognizant of what they are presenting. Right. If you are putting yourself out there as a master of a subject, worthy to teach this thing, then you need to act like it. You need, you know, you, you need, you need to believe it and you need to back it up. Yep. And, and you're, you're already moving into the third point. Yeah, so I'm going to, it's no, that's great. I, but I want to back up just one little step because I think there's something to unpack here. That's really worth it. Um, you mentioned that it is a conversation. Okay. So the parents get called in or the, the teacher wants a conference with the parents and, and Johnny, and they're expecting him to be an astrophysicist. Johnny thinks he is, and he's getting a C or an F in, you know, algebra two, you know, what, <laughs> excuse me, you know, and so um, what does, what, what needs to happen here? And then, so let's, we'll come to the moxie here in a second, but when you start changing the curriculum um, or, you know, we're not changing our expectation, mm-hmm. right? So we got to change the curriculum or we have to do something. So the Johnny's feelings aren't hurt and the parents aren't disappointed. But here's where the conversation could come in. It's not all of a sudden that, you know, Johnny's not cutting the mustard. He's going to get kicked out or we're deciding what happens. The conversation says, let's discuss why he's getting a C. Yeah. You know, um, maybe there's things in Johnny's life where he's just not applying himself. He's being slothful and he does know it. Maybe it's a situation where he really has met his maximum. He's just not capable at this stage anyway in his life to be able to think through these things. Let's evaluate that. Let's be honest with the reality of things. And this is the hard part is we don't want to get into the reality. Of right. Things. And so, because suddenly we're talking about raising children, yes. which again is what education is. And so then parents need to be receptive to that. If that's what they signed up for, Yep. which we're fans of that, right? We are like, bring in, bring in people to help you out with, with all of that's this. That's exactly right. Um, but you have to realize that this is what you're asking for. Yes. You're asking for this person to have an opinion about your child, that's a moral exactly, opinion. That's what you've hired them to do. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, so this is the part where education, the rubber really meets the road in education when you're hiring somebody, because that conversation is so absolutely crucial to, to the raising, raising of the children. If it's the parent's voice, because they want Johnny to be the astrophysicist and somehow their own value is wrapped up in his success. That's a sin that needs yes. to be confessed, right? If it's Johnny's own um, desire that's completely outside of the realm of what he's capable of doing, you know, I could sit around and sulk forever and not go to work because I'm just going to be a poet, okay, at all costs, you know, and that would be absolutely foolish and stupid and in a complete waste of my time, right? Right. Going back to the earlier illustration, so there has to be an honest conversation of what what the capacity is and and what what we've reached. But then that brings us to that third part where the teacher has to be courageous. Yes. And, you know, parents should never, ever sign over their sovereignty. Right. But a wise parent who's engaged teachers yes. is, is going to hear and consider. Right. Well, and this is where the teacher, knowing that they know their subject and they are truly engaged in the family and the student as they should be in their, their, their rightful, proper role as being hired to help. This is where they have to be honest. Okay. If, if I hire you as my home inspector 
to come in because I want to buy a home and there's termites and you're like, oh, no, you know, there's a few ants or whatever, spray some stuff. You're good to go, you know, because you don't want to hurt my feelings. I'm going to be very mad at you (laughs) right? (laughs) because you didn't tell me the truth. Yeah. But down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Later on when all of a sudden the termites are taking the house. Exactly right. And you don't want to have that happen with uh, with your kid. But down the line, you realize. Yeah. I should have listened to the teacher. So teachers. Just because Johnny's getting a C or even an F, you know, because he's just not, he's failing, right? I don't like D's, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think I think the D is a cop-out, and that could be a different episode. Yeah. <laughs> I hate D's. If you're not at the at the basic standard, you know, which what a C is supposed to represent, then you failed. I just think it's funny that we even have F's. We we only have F's because it uh, it alliterates <laughs> like we, we fail. You right? fail, right? <laughs> we, let, yeah. Let's just have D's and no F's, yeah. <laughs> and D is failing. Well, yeah, just just whatever it is that says <laughs> yes. you have not met the competency. I'm sorry, I, just, I don't know why I've always <laughs> thought that was that was funny. Funny, yeah. Well, however the grading system works, the teacher needs to be fair, mm-hmm. okay, and knowledgeable. But we we don't want to dismiss the fact that. Well, Johnny's failing because the teacher's incompetent. Um, maybe that's the case, but right. you're not going to know that till you have a conversation. Um, and, and then it's time to hire a new teacher. But m- in most cases, if you've done your due diligence, you've hired the teacher, then either Johnny is not making the grade, literally, yeah. um, or Johnny might be slacking. There might be something going on in the home, whatever. Maybe that's a time to investigate that for the family to be aware of it. But families need to keep their eyes on what the goalpost is. Yes. Okay, and so it can't be shifting. Um, then, secondly, they need to trust the teacher that they've hired, unless there's something glaring that says that they're not doing it, is doing their job, and then be supportive of the fact that Johnny, you got to see. And that doesn't mean that you're less of our son. That doesn't mean we don't love you. That doesn't mean you're invaluable as a human being. Nothing changes about that. That just means in your, um, you know, the the grading or judgment of your intellectual prowess in this particular subject. This is where you're at on the journey. Yeah. And that, you know, that's worthy of knowing that, that information. Yeah, of course it is. And it, it's, and it can be hard, right? For, you sure. know, for whatever reason that C has happened, um, you know, there, there must be a reckoning yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't mean between, I don't mean just between the parents and, and the child, the, the parents must reckon with themselves. Sure. And, know, and that's a, that's hard. That can be a very difficult thing. You know, one of the things, too, that can happen, we didn't talk much about this, but in sports, we see that, you know, if Johnny and Jimmy are playing on the same team and Jimmy's a better athlete, um, it might inspire Johnny, yeah. you know, to to do better, you know, and, and maybe he'll still reach a, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> it wouldn't matter how many days I went out and played basketball in practice. I'll never jump like Michael Jordan. I'll never play basketball. You know, just, yeah. it's not in me to do that, right? We all know what our limitations are. And the sad part is oftentimes Johnny already knows what his limitations are, even if he's being really honest. And when people are kind of, you know, we're going to grade on a curve, we're going to give you the C or give you the A just to make you feel better. Um, The kid, the kids, they recognize that. He knows that. It's like getting a participation trophy, right? And so that, that does some things psychologically. Which by the way, just as an aside, uh, the reason we do that is because the purpose of education in the world is to make you fit. Yes. Right. To make you fit with society, uh, for you to adjust to your environment. Right. Right. The, the, the point is not actually for you to be able to write a sonnet or build a satellite. Right. 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 The point is for you to, to be, be a participating member of society to be well adjusted. Well, and 
we could probably, we're, we're already out of time. I can't believe how quickly that went, <laughs> uh, but we could probably talk uh, for a long time about this, you know, this environmental determinism, yes. you know, and that, that has really, some of the things we're seeing uh, played out in our society and we don't have time to get into them all here, but is really rooted in this, some of these assumptions that are happening in education, right? Yeah. So in a, in a, smaller sense, you know, we grade on the curve. Johnny gets his A, you know, to make him feel better. Um, he gets his college education, his four bedroom house. He's fit in the American dream. And then, you know, he says, has the audacity to say, why, well, you know, hold myself up by my own bootstraps. Yeah. <laughs> this thing, which he knows is a lie, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I, and I think this, this kind of taking this back to, to how, how, what you were saying just a few moments ago, you know, so par uh, teachers, so parents, Parents must never sign over their sovereignty, right. right? We've already talked about that. And teachers, again, need to em embrace their mastery. Yes. They need to present themselves as masters. And that means that they have to fight against, you know, these democratic, demotic, yes. uh, demotic with a T. <laughs> Although I suppose they are, they can be demonic the way I'm, yeah. I'm going to describe them. But um, impulses, right, to where, you know, if, if the goal of education is to make Johnny fit in to the world, uh, then, you know, th there's going to be one result, but, and, and we don't need masters for that. Right. Right. We don't need people who can, who can say, you know, this is what it is. Come sit at my feet and learn. <laughs> right. Uh, but that we should want that from our teachers. Sure. We as Christians should want that from our teachers. Yeah, ab absolutely. We're not looking for a babysitter that'll help them become emotionally adjusted to the statist view of the world. Right. We hire teachers because they are truly masters. And so teachers should embrace that. And this is just a kind of a side plug, I guess we could say for teachers, this is uh, an opportunity for good independent teachers to really put themselves out there um, and to engage with families so that people can get to know them, yes. um, especially in an online environment. You know, when we're thinking, I'm, I'm thinking of Kepler and, and a platform where the teachers can get out there and get to know the families or let the families get to know them so that they can, you know, know what they're capable of presenting, you know, to their children. Yeah. And you know, this kind of goes back to the beginning of the episode when we were talking about how, how parents, you know, should be choosing their teachers. And, uh, and how parents should be educating themselves, right? So they yes. can have, have good taste, yep. as it were, yep. right? Um, well, teachers can help in that process too. Yeah. Teachers can present themselves. This is who I am. This is what I think. These are the things I know. This is my passion, right? And you can, we can see all that on an Instagram account or whatever. <laughs> it's helpful. It's great. Sure it is. Let's, you know, here's, here is the uh, fettuccine Alfredo and here is macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Yeah, help you know. This is the one I made. This is the one that came out of the box. Uh, so anyway, you know, they, they could do that. Well, uh, Joffrey, thanks for uh, engaging. And I know probably this episode may have raised more questions than it answered. I'm not sure, uh, but it gives us a lot of fodder for future episodes to discuss. And so, it sure does. Well, before you sign off, I was just yeah, going please. off what you just said. Um, you know, we've been getting great feedback from from families yeah uh and so we, we'd absolutely love for you guys to message us uh so you can message us on facebook kepler Please. education or email us scott at kepler.education joffrey at kepler.education interact with these episodes and you know as scott just said this may have raised more questions than it answered uh, ask some of those questions we would absolutely love to be directly responsive uh, to you guys absolutely yeah thanks everybody cheers <laughs>